Today is a Tuesday, so you'll be thinking, what's Cameron doing coming out today? Well, as always happens with Tuesday episodes, they are bonus episodes. We will be maintaining our Saturday episodes as well, but this is an extra episode this week, and I'll be doing today a bonus episode talking about different cooking oils and some of the issues around it that are of relevance and interest to everybody. Now, um, I know it is of interest to people because when I started off telling people I was talking about oils, the very first question I asked people was, are all oils fats? And as with a lot of questions about fats, that's just too simple to really answer and say yes or no to. Let's look at something, let's have a look at what is an oil for a start, okay? An oil is essentially a non-metallic liquid that has two, as well as a certain chemical structure, has two express um, unique, oh, not unique, but has some identifying behaviours about it, how it reacts with other things. And firstly, it is hyd- it is lipophilic, and secondly, it is hydrophobic. So lippy is the Latin word for fat, hence as liposuction, and hydra is the Latin word for water, and it's hydrophobic as it it pushes away water. So it, it, it is happy to accept fat, but it will push away water-based um, constituents. Okay, so that's something to be aware of and see how it operates. It shows you, that's a good example. of. It's important to remember those things because we'll hit those when we come and talk about the safety. Now, the one, the very first question I got asked for this was, Cameron, are all oils fats? And as with a lot of questions about fats, that is a way too simple a point of view to give a simple yes or no answer to. Um, And let's have a look at something that is 100% oil, and that is butter. Now, butter, like all oils, comes in a solid state as well as a liquid state. Now, in its... In both states, it is 80% fat, and the other 13, I believe, the the remaining 20%, 13% is the milk proteins, flavoring solids, and then I bet you the rest of it's probably water and one or two other small components. Okay, so. So it is not, not all oil is 100% fat, and then all, not all oil is the same fat, is the thing to remember too. And this is where I want to take a, I want you to come and join us in a little bit of a cooking practice that will give you, give you some familiarity with a couple of characteristics of different oils for you to work with, and also some, give us some pointers to work with when it comes to talking about safety. Now... This, again, is going back to my hospitality training days back in the 90s. 
And I'd like you to know, if I do mention those, please be aware that I have double-checked them. I'm not working from memory. Surprisingly enough, generally, I seem to remember most of these things clearly, so that's good news. We, in our food preparation, one of the first things we did was to make clarified butter. Now, to make clarified butter, you must heat butter to its melting point, which is just over 30 degrees. So get a Tupperware container or a bowl or something like that that will be able to hold a, a melted block of butter. And then, if you've got an oven with a plate warmer setting, use that. Because I'm thinking that will be a pretty low temperature, whereas even the lowest oven's temperature will be well over 100 degrees. And if, if, if you don't, these aren't options for you, then just use the old hydro bath option where you put it in a bowl and that bowl is being heated by some hot water that you can keep topping up. And you will find that if you just keep that temperature up, within 10 minutes your block of, of butter will have turned totally to liquid. And then give it another 10 minutes or so, you will start to see the separation, which is really achieved by gravity and by being kept in a liquid state. The separation you will see occur will leave you with, um, on the top part of the oil there, the liquid butter there, you'll see is pretty much clear, with slightly yellow tint, and the bottom part is more as a cloudy, slightly browny colour. Okay, so let's take that away and put it in the fridge. Okay, okay. And you will see, now that will then transfer to its solid state. And when you pull it out, you'll see that, that top layer is no longer like a, is no longer like a light yellow colour, it's actually a pearly white colour. And that, as I mentioned, is the somewhat refined um, polyunsaturated fat. So that's the part that I know is ghee. So if you go to the supermarket, you can buy a block of ghee. That is my understanding of what it is now. I'm just going to just kind of make a note here, and that is that Indian people use ghee as well, but I've got a feeling, and I've got to go to an Asian supermarket and check the product they buy there, is a different kind of ghee to what I say is ghee. But for me, it is basically the, 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 the polyunsaturated, the white part of the butter that you get from clarified butter. Saturated fats and unsaturated fat, we're just getting started on different fats and different oils because we also have oils including omega-3s, which are also known as your fish oils. And why, do we, why is that a $300 million industry here in Australia? Because it is good for your brains. Why is omega-3 good for your brains? Well, it just so happens that 12.5% of your brain is made from omega-3. And another 37.5, bringing up to 50% of your brain is made from fats. So are people spending over $300 million a year just so they can get their asses fat from, from fish oils? Well, no, not unless they're extremely smart asses. So I don't think so. No, it's more about other issues, other health issues. So, okay, so think about this when you're cooking eggs. And you, use, you don't want it to stick to the frying pan. What do you do? You put a bit of butter in there. And what happens? Pretty quickly it goes brown and makes the egg go brown and tastes horribly burnt. It has a real butter. It's like, oh, bugger, what a waste. And you totally wasted an egg and you wasted the butter as well. Now, what you'll see with that, if you just use that, um, the top, the, the clear white, oh, sorry, the white, pearly white part of that, um, that clarified butter, 
It um, will not burn. Um, so you can use that and it won't burn and go black and cause your eggs to be all horrible and look terrible as well. So, And that is because you have, by refining it somewhat, removing the proteins and separating it to a polyunsaturated fat, you have done what is called increase the smoking point. Okay, now the smoking point is an extremely important thing for us to know when we're talking about oil safety. Now, safety, let's think about it this way, okay? Think about when you've got a wok, okay, and you put it on, you put it on the stove top just to heat it up. You want to know it's hot? What do you do? You touch it? No, of course you don't. You can just simply look at it, and if you see smoke coming off the wok, you go, well, it's getting hot now, because look, it's starting to smoke. Well, oil's a bit the same, and, and you'll see that what happens is some of the proteins and some of the oils will start to smoke because they're starting to burn a little bit. Um, and it's very important. Now, you don't have to monitor this any more than just visually because once you've hit smoking point, the next thing is boiling point. And just like water, that can be a bloody mess, except this is a bloody mess with a really high temperature, volatile liquid. You don't want that to happen. And the next thing that happens after boiling point is flash point which is where it catches on fire. And this is why oil is the biggest source of kitchen fires because people leave unmonitored oil on the stovetop. And even if it's just at a low temperature, they think it's at a low temperature, if it's concentrated on one spot for long enough, it'll catch on fire. So what I would encourage you to do is have a strategy in place for you to manage an oil fire. Because what did I say about oil? It is hydrophobic as it will run away from water. So if you try and put out an oil fire in a frying pan by tipping a bucket tipping a, a bowl of water into it what will happen the oil will jump the the oil that is on fire will jump out of the fry pan onto the stove onto your bench top while and take the fire with it which is not good for anyone that will cause no make nobody happy will it so what you need to do is have a fire blanket and you see you can buy these from Bunnings they're reasonably cheap and uh, they're very easily mounted. Just put them where, near where you cook so that you can easily pull them down at any time you need them. And then use it to smother the fire, which is the best way to put out an oil fire is to smother it. Now this also goes for the kind of fire extinguisher. If you choose to use a fire extinguisher, make sure you use the one for oil fires. And I'm pretty sure it has an L as the, as the they have different letters on them. I've got a feeling it's an L, but don't, don't quote me on that one. And you'll see what it does. It doesn't put out a liquid at all. It actually spits out a powder. And that powder will do, it will suffocate the fire, which is the best result you can get. So there's some things to remember about oils. Now, now those two things we spoke about with it being um, hydrophobic and, and lipophilic, do make it a bit of a challenge for to, to do a few different interesting things with. Now, one, and, and that is to make a mixtures of oils with things that aren't oil-based can be a bit of a struggle because of that issue. So mixtures of oils and non-oil-based liquids are called emulsifants. Okay, the most common emulsifant you'll see will be salad dressing because you have oil usually olive oil and vinegar, a liquid base. And what happens is they ever mix? They never really truly mix. They kind of always say separate with the oil on top and the, because it pushes away the oil or the water-based one, the oil on the bottom. And this continues when you tip it onto the salad so that it will keep pushing away the oil. Sorry, it will keep pushing away the vinegar. So at the bottom of the bowl is the vinegar 
and what stays up on the leaves? The oil does, and this is what it's supposed to do because the vinegar acts on the leaves to make it more, um, start to break down the cell walls. Well, the oil stays up on the leaves to make it nice and shiny and look good. Now, now, if you want to really get it so that the, the oil and the non-oil based liquids mix together truly, you need to have an emulsifier. And a good example of this is a mayonnaise, which is a totally emulsified sauce. Okay, so you have, you make a mayonnaise from egg whites with egg yolks, um, some lemon juice and usually an oil and olive oil is the most popular choice. Um, and so you beat up the egg whites and egg yolks and they actually have an emulsifying agent that will allow, allow the oil and the, and the acids to mix. Um, and you'll see if you beat it up nice and quickly and then you add the, you start to add the, the oil reasonably slowly, it will, this little, it is quite a magical little process where it starts to bring out this beautiful thick white sauce and lo and behold it's mayonnaise and what like a lot of like a lot of french sauces that's the basis for a lot of other sauces you add some garlic to it and you add some diced up um, pickles to it and you've got tartare sauce you add some um, smoky elements and some um, dark tomatoes and some that and you've got barbecue sauce so you to do now the other one that's very good emulsification sauce is when we go out for breakfast, what's the most popular eggs to get? Eggs Benedict. Now, what is eggs Benedict? It's a bit of toast with um, a dash of spinach and a dash of bacon and an egg, and on top of the egg is an off-white colored sauce topped up with a bit of chives. Now, what sauce is that? That sauce is hollandaise. Now, what do hollandaise and mayonnaise have in common? They're both emulsified sauces. So in the case of hollandaise, it is emulsified using egg yolks which are then again whisked up and um, I think there is some vinegar or lemon juice added to it. And then the oil used is um, melted butter. Now it is pretty hard work making a hollandaise because it's quite a, a big sauce. So you've got to work pretty hard beating it to do it. But again, it's quite a magical little thing because you see it suddenly transforms and lo and behold, there you have it. There's two really interesting ways to use it and also some safety issues to think about when you're using the kitchen so when you're using oil in the kitchen and you want to avoid the most common fire accident which is an oil-based fire so thank you very much for your time and i look forward to having a chat to you on saturday while we come back with the food place market so report thank you for your time good day Bounty of the season, get it into you.